Today on From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, we'll dig deeply into the heart of a man called Noah. Noah, what a guy. Righteous because he's put his faith and trust in God's grace. He was blessed with a godly family. He didn't have any control over that. He had control over his family. You don't have control over your ancestry and I don't have control over mine. I have control over my family. I can be a godly example to my girls and to my grandkids. So can you. So can you. I can put my faith and trust in God's grace and so can you. I can walk with God and so can you. I can obey him regardless of the ridicule and so can you. Are you following the example? Of Noah. That is a great question from Pastor Jeff Shreve today on From His Heart. In Genesis chapter 6, we're told about a great flood that God used as a judgment to the entire world, with the exception of one man and his family. A man was called Noah. Was there something special about Noah that caused him to find grace in God's eyes? And the answer is yes. And we'll find out today what that is on From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve. With this lesson entitled A Man Called Noah from the series The Days of Noah, we'll be airing these lessons for the next couple of weeks. So if you miss any, you can easily go online to fromhisheart.org, click the On Radio tab to catch up. There too, you can download a free MP3 of any broadcast. This series is also one of our special thank you gifts for your investment into kingdom work through From His Heart this month. Again, you can go online for details at fromhisheart.org or I'll mention it later. But right now, open your Bible to the book of Genesis, chapter 6, and get ready for a blessing as Pastor Jeff shows us how we can live godly lives even in an evil world, just like the man called Noah. Today, we want to look at this person that is very central to the story. His name is Noah. I want you to see with me three key lessons from the life of Noah. Lesson number one, a godly family makes a great difference. Noah had a godly ancestry. Noah's father walked with God. Noah's grandfather, Methuselah, walked with God. Noah's great-grandfather, Enoch, he walked with God and he was not because God took him. Hey, A godly family makes a difference. Of all the seven billion people on the earth, God only saw one kid that came from a godly line, Noah, who found favor, who found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, I was thinking about the impact and the importance of having a godly family. And I want to speak to the parents and grandparents here especially. You know, as parents... Our top priority needs to be the salvation of our kids. That needs to be on the top of your list of things you're praying for. Salvation of your family. Your your kids coming into a a real, genuine, personal, born-again experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Hey, are you praying like that? You're praying for your kids like that, your kids that, especially you parents that have little kids that haven't made a decision yet. Maybe some of you older parents that have children that are wayward and you're not sure if they've ever come to know Christ. Make that a priority, top priority. And as parents, you need to remember our most effective witness is a godly example. Your little kids are watching you. And so it's, it's mom and dad who have the influence on their kids. So that's one of the first lessons we learn from Noah. A godly family makes a great difference. Lesson number two, God extends grace in the midst of pending judgment. Look at Genesis chapter six and verse five. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. And the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, from man to animals, to creeping things and to birds of the sky. For I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor, found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found favor, it says in the New American Standard, but the word for favor is grace. And the King James says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now to find grace, the word found means to come forth to, to take hold on, to meet with. Noah met with God's grace. Now you mark this down. Grace is the only way anyone can come to God. The only way anyone can come to God is by grace. We're saved, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5, for by grace are you saved. It's grace. You'll never get anywhere with God without grace. And grace cannot be earned or deserved. When you understand, I'm a sinner and I deserve hell, you're 90% home because you see your need for grace. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God extends grace even in the midst of pending judgment. And lesson number three, faith in God's grace is what changes a person's life. Look at verse nine. These are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. And Noah became the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked on the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. Then God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. And behold, I am about to destroy them with the earth. Make for yourself an ark of gopher wood. God calls on Noah. He extends grace to Noah, and Noah responds to God's grace. Now, when you read about Noah, it's, he says he was a righteous man. And you say, well, you know, I mean, Noah must have been something else, something special. I mean, it's God just sees all these uh, low lives, and then all of a sudden, Noah, he stands out among the riffraff like a rose in the desert. Noah, is, he's somebody special because he's a righteous man. Let me tell you something. Noah was a sinner, 
He was a sinner just like you, just like me. He was a sinner just like the rest of the people on planet Earth, sinners. Now, obviously, he hadn't corrupted his way to the extent that they had, but he was still a sinner. And God saw him, and God says he's a righteous man. Well, how did he become a righteous man? He became a righteous man the same way everyone becomes a righteous man or a righteous person. You put your faith in God's grace. That's the only way that you'll ever be made righteous. Paul says this, speaking of his life as a Pharisee in Philippians chapter three. He says, you know, I did all this stuff as a Pharisee, but he says, this is what I want, and that I may be found in him, Philippians 3, 9, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ Jesus, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. That's what Noah had. He had the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. It's faith in God's grace that changes a life. God extends grace to everyone, but not everyone responds to God's grace. But when you respond to God's grace, then things change. It's kind of like having electricity at your house. You know, if you want to make toast in the toaster, one of the things you have to have is you have to have electricity that is coming to your house, right? If you hadn't paid the electric bill in six months, you ain't making no toast, right? They've shut the power off. I don't care what you do to your toaster. It's not going to work. But if you have paid your bill, then the other thing you have to do is plug in your toaster. Grace is the power that comes to all of us. God is extending grace. He extended it in Noah's day. He's extending it today. He extends grace. Faith is plugging into God's grace. When you plug in the toaster into the outlet and the power is there, the toaster works, you can make toast. Now, Noah did that. He plugged in to God's grace by faith and he was declared righteous. That word righteous means to be justified, to be right before God. It doesn't mean like one day you had a really good day and the next day you had a bad day in terms of your relationship with God. No, God declares you righteous because you put your faith and trust in him. Now, here's a question. How did, you know, when Paul talks about uh, that he, he would be righteous because of the righteousness of Christ, that he'd be found in him, not having a righteousness of his own, but the righteousness that comes through faith in Christ. You say, all right, time out. I got a problem with Noah. How did Noah know anything about Jesus? He didn't. He didn't know about Jesus. How do Old Testament people come to a relationship with God because we come to a relationship with God by Jesus Christ. So how does that work in the Old Testament? Some people get the, the mistaken idea that in the Old Testament, people were saved by works. And in the New Testament, people are saved by faith. No. In the Old Testament, people were saved by faith. In the New Testament, people were saved by faith. The cross is in between. And the Old Testament saints, they got saved by looking forward to the cross. They didn't understand all the cross. They just understood and put faith in God's provision for their sin. And that happened to be the cross. They were looking to God and saying, Lord, you've got to provide for my sin. Faith in God's provision. We, in the New Testament times... We look back to the cross of Christ. That happened 2,000 years ago. But we look back and say, that's how my sin is dealt with. And on either side, before Christ or after Christ, we're saved by grace through faith. 
That's what changes a life. You're made righteous by faith apart from works. Some people have the idea that you have to work to be saved. Some people say, well, you know, this is how I have it in my mind, Jeff. It's a little bit of faith plus a little bit of works equals salvation. Well, if you think it's a little bit of faith plus a little bit of works, you are altogether lost. It's none of works. It's none of works. You're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 for it is by grace that you're saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, lest any man should boast. Hey, you're made righteous just the way Noah was made righteous by faith. Abraham believed God, the scripture says in Genesis chapter 15, and his faith was counted for righteousness. You say, well, I don't understand. Well, how about works? The Bible talks a lot about works. How does works fit into this equation? Genuine faith is evidenced by works and a walk with God. That's how it fits in. Genuine faith, when you put faith in God's provision, which they didn't know what it was in the Old Testament, they just trusted God. Abel sacrificed an animal because God told him to come with blood, so he did, and he was declared righteousness. He had, he had faith in God's provision. We, on this side of the cross, we have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, God's provision for our sins, and genuine faith is evidenced by works and a walk with God. It says that Noah was a righteous man, verse 9, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. Noah wasn't a sinless man. He was a blameless man. Big difference between being sinless and being blameless. Blameless means he was a person with integrity. He was whole and complete. He had given his heart wholly to the Lord, and he was walking wholly with God. And there was a life change in Noah because of genuine faith. Martin Luther said this, faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is never alone. It's faith alone that saves, but genuine faith always has works. You're not saved by works. Works evidences genuine faith. You know, it doesn't make any sense to think that you could be saved and your life doesn't change one little bit. You live just like you did before you met Christ. That makes absolutely no sense at all. That is not in the Bible anywhere where people don't, there, there's been no change inside. If the God of the universe comes to live inside your life through the person of the Holy Spirit, how would you not know that? He's a whopper, right? He comes in, he takes the master bedroom. He is the king. You know. And when there's genuine faith, it changes your life, and there's works. There are works that are associated with that. You begin to live differently. You begin to deal with sin differently. You begin to walk with God. I mean, you think about this. Noah walked with God. His great-grandfather, Enoch, walked with God. The scripture says he walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. That's what it says in Genesis chapter 5. But notice the Bible talks about a walk with God. It never talks about a run with God. It doesn't talk about a sprint with God. It doesn't talk about your Christian life, your relationship with the Lord as being a destination. We got to get here as fast as we can. It's not like that. It's a journey, step by step with God. You just walk one step with God and one step with God and one step with God. And Noah walked with God. Enoch walked with God 300 years. Noah walked with God 
470 years plus. I mean, Noah was 480 when God told him to build the ark. It took 120 years to build the ark. He was 600 years old when he came into the ark. When he came out of the ark, he lived another 350 years. He died at 950. That's a long time of walking with God in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, a generation that God couldn't salvage, a generation that God had to destroy. Hey, faith is evidenced by works and a walk with God. Do you have that? Is there any change? Or do you say, well, you know, I'm not sure if the Lord's in my life or not. I don't know. There's no change. There's no difference. Faith alone saves you, but not a faith that is alone. And James says, you show me your faith without the works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Because faith, genuine faith, always brings works. And genuine faith is evidenced by obedience to God. Obedience to God. Noah obeyed God. God told Noah that he was going to wipe everything out, blot out man from the face of the earth. Blot out means to, to remove something. It's like if you're going to take ink off a page, you just blot it out. You remove it completely. There's, there's no remnants of it anymore. It's not like erasing it and all of a sudden you see a little bit of pencil mark. No, it's just to take it completely out. And God was going to take man completely out and start over with Noah and Mrs. Noah and Ham, Shem, and Japheth and their three wives. He's going to start over. And he told Noah, listen, I'm bringing a flood upon the world, and it's going to rain, Noah, and I need you to build a boat. And it's, a, it's not just any old boat. It's really a box. The, ark, the word ark means box. And that's what Noah built. It was a box. You know, the, the ark was built and shaped like a coffin, it was 450 feet long, it was 75 feet wide, and it was 45 feet tall. And it was like a rectangular box. It wasn't built, you know, sometimes you see these pictures and the ark's got this, uh, this you know, pointed end and it's like, it's like a speedboat, like a, like a princess cruise liner. It wasn't built like that. It wasn't designed to go anywhere. They didn't board the ship saying, well, where are we going? It's an ark of safety. It's like a bomb shelter. You go in there to save yourself. And so it's just built like a big cargo ship to save the animals two by two and to save Noah and his family and to save anybody else who would respond to grace, but nobody responded to grace. And he tells Noah, build a ship like that. Good night. Ship like that? Where is he building it? By the beach? Uh, near, near the ocean? No, he's building it on the valley floor. It's just because rain is coming. What's rain? The Bible indicates in Genesis chapter 2 that it had never rained before. The, the, the God would water, the water would just come up uh, from the ground and water everything. And everything was very, very green. And all of a sudden, here is Noah, and in deference, in respect, in reverence to God, he builds this ark. It takes him 120 years. He's preaching as he builds it because the Bible calls him a preacher of righteousness. And the people are asking him, What are you doing? Building a box. Why? Because a flood's coming. What's a flood? I don't know. It's going to rain. What's rain? I don't know. I mean, you look like an idiot, right? And this is a big project. It takes 120 years. Suppose God came to you today and said, I want you to start this project. It's 2014. You'll be done in 2134. Get cracking. Holy cow. 
That thing is gigantic. Did you know, interestingly, and I don't mean to go over, but interestingly, it wasn't until the 1850s AD that you began to have ships as big as the ark. The, the, the ship that was built in 1850 was called the Himalaya. It was 240 feet long and 35 feet wide. That was the, the next biggest ship to the ark at that time. And then they began building bigger and bigger ships after that. But this had to come from God because this couldn't come out of Noah's mind and heart. Oh, I think I better build a, a box. Oh, what size, Mrs. Noah says, should you make it? Oh, I don't know, football field and, and more. I mean, that's just crazy. God tells him to do it. He does it. He is no doubt ridiculed for it. And it takes him a long time. And what is faith? Faith is obeying God. It's obeying God. It's just doing what God says. Ours is not to question why. Ours is but to do or die. And Noah believed God. And the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 11, by faith, Noah being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence, prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Scripture says in Genesis 6.22, thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. He just obeyed. Year after year after year, just obeyed. Now, I want to ask you in closing, Noah, what a guy, righteous because he's put his faith and trust in God's grace. He was blessed with a godly family. He didn't have any control over that. He had control over his family. You don't have control over your ancestry and I don't have control over mine. I have control over my family. I can be a godly example to my girls and to my grandkids. So can you, so can you. I can put my faith and trust in God's grace and so can you. I can walk with God and so can you. I can obey him regardless of the ridicule and so can you. Are you following the example? Of Noah. The message today on From His Heart from Pastor Jeff Shreve was entitled, A Man Called Noah, and we heard part two of this lesson today. Pastor Jeff is teaching this series entitled, The Days of Noah. This seven-message series is our special thank you gift for your support from his heart this month. It's available in multiple formats when you make your gift. And for that same gift, we'll also send you the timely booklet, Strong Faith for Tough Times, When the Impossible Meets God. It's only through the faithful and ongoing support of people who are blessed by this ministry that we're able to be here each and every day. Pastor Jeff receives no income from this ministry. He's paid a salary by his church in Texarkana, Texas. If you'd like to help us financially this month, we'd love to send you the series and the booklet. Just call 86640-BIBLE. 86640Bible or go to fromhisheart.org. Remember, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 37, for the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. We need to know the signs to look for, and you'll discover those in Pastor Jeff's series, The Days of Noah. We hope that when you do visit our website, you'll also sign up for Pastor Jeff's weekly Real Hope email encouragement letter. And there you can also become a friend of the ministry on several social media outlets. Plus, you can download a free MP3 of any broadcast that we've made over the last number of years. The web address again, fromhisheart.org. 
Well, thank you for joining us today on From His Heart. I'm Larry Nobles, reminding you that on Tuesday, we'll begin the third message in Pastor Jeff's series, The Days of Noah. Be with us then, when we'll be reminded of the only hope we have and that Jesus is that hope. That's right here on From His Heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.